Sports Professor Rick Harrow, and we are on the record. Every week, this podcast will take you inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports, the top deal-making issues, the top tech issues, and the top social responsibility issues, plus a blockbuster interview with someone who you might not have heard from in the world of sports, but having a profound effect on its impact. Let's get started. Sports Professor Rick Harrow inside the $1.3 trillion business of sports. Are you ready for the holidays? The $1.3 trillion seems to be holding steady after the pandemic. More and more entities getting back to normal and beyond. So in that context, let's look at the deal-making issues of the week. Three to one. Three. Portland Timbers blank real Salt Lake 2-0 an advance to the MLS Cup final. MLS Cup is a big deal. 26,000 people at Providence Park. The Timbers put on a dominant display. But the bottom line is the city of Portland, Providence Park, MLS Cup, that's where a lot of rivalry is for soccer, and that's a big deal for soccer in the United States. Deal-making issue number three. Two. Days following Lincoln Riley's shocking departure to USC, Brian Kelly moves on from Notre Dame to LSU. Kelly receives 500000 on top of a $9 million a year in other compensation. And every July, no matter his record, he'll earn a $500,000 longevity bonus if he remains in charge in Baton Rouge. Bottom line is more and more coaches' agents are coming up with creative ways to keep coaches at schools, protect schools, and protect coaches. We will see more of this in the future. Clearly, deal-making issue number two. One. Now, number one. Look at ESPN. Their relationship with Twitter keeps growing as they go all in on Twitter and spaces it to become the first stage ticket fundraiser for the V Foundation. Dick Vitale currently battling cancer, and ESPN is using the platform to promote its latest cancer fundraising campaign, hashtag VStrongBaby, a combination of including all the leverage ESPN has to create a platform for fundraising and good things. That's deal-making issue number one, and it couldn't come in a better segue. ESPN, this is not that network, but it's sports business, and we have to promote everything. It's a very important part of the sports business domestically and internationally. And how about the Global Polo Entertainment Historic Agreement with ESPN? Signed last week, and it ripples positively all across the spectrum. The official brand of the U.S. Polo ASSN, a nonprofit governing body of the sport of polo, 1,200 U.S. Polo ASSN retail stores, 194 countries worldwide, rated the fifth largest sports licensor, licensed Global Magazine's 2020 list of the top 150 global licensors. And on the sport polo side, they create sports programming that includes the video-on-demand platform, games distributed on ESPN2, a information-oriented show, live streaming on ESPN3, just in time for the Gauntlet Apollo series, which is created to bring economic impact and worldwide acclaim to the Wellington Palm Beach area in the middle of January, February, when it's needed most. Shannon Stilson, the Assistant Vice President of Marketing for USPA Global Licensing, gives us some perspective 
on what this all means to the sport for ESPN and others. Here's Shannon. Today, we celebrate Global Polo Entertainment signing a historic agreement with ESPN. Shannon, tell us about it. Well, we are really excited. This is um, something that's never happened in the sport of polo uh, before. We are partnering with ESPN to deliver our top seven events next year uh, across three of their platforms. And what's great about the sport of polo is we're going to deliver college polo, women's polo, and the top-rated tournaments uh, within polo, and then also international polo at the end of the year next year. And we also understand a 30-minute made-for-TV series, World of Polo, presented by the U.S. Polo ASSN, available on ESPN's video-on-demand platform as well. Obviously, ESPN has been the vendor of choice for sports and business and all of this, but the fact that ESPN now has multiple platforms, it made this deal a little easier to do because there are so many distribution opportunities, correct? Exactly, absolutely. And, you know, the, the, the thing about it is the distribution, as you just mentioned, the seven U.S. and World Championship Polo events in 2022, uh, the distribution of all games on ESPN2, ESPNU, or streamed live, as you said, on ESPN3. So you went from global polo entertainment TV uh, niche, and I'll say niche, uh, opportunity to mainstream with one of the biggest networks in the world, and as we said, we're excited about it. Uh, give us kind of some just general information about how this deal came about. So it's really been a, um, a planned process over the past six years. We've been televising uh, our top-rated polo tournament that is played here in the United States, our prestigious U.S. Open Polo Championship on television. Um, but it was a taped, delayed show that was del delivered about a week later. And, you know, one of the things that we strive for at U.S. Polo ASSN, being one of the only authentic brands to the sport of polo, is really providing more visibility to the sport and our authentic connection to it. Um, so we knew that we needed to get more polo on, make it more available uh, so people could learn more about it. And the first step in that was uh, developing and launching Global Polo TV, as you mentioned, which is our over-the-Internet television channel where we develop content about uh, the polo players, the horses, and then obviously the competition. And from that really gave us the credibility with a platform like ESPN to distribute more of our live games. And what we're excited about uh, moving forward that's been different in the past is that, you know, we're going to produce all of these shows uh, and they're going to be live, which has never been done before in polo across the United States and uh, on ESPN3, and then they'll be able to live on ESPN2 afterwards. Well, J. Michael Prince, who is the president of uh, and CEO of USPA Global Licensing, who, who we know you work with and work for, uh, manages the uh, uh, multi-billion-dollar brand. We'll talk about the brand in a minute. But his comment uh, was that this deal, his goal, is to reach more sports fans in the U.S., but also attract new audiences by delivering more polo, sport, and lifestyle content in new ways. So it's not just exposing people to a sport, but the tie-in to the lifestyle brand, which is really prolific, I assume that's a big deal as well. 
Yeah, Atlee, it's really our niche as a sport. We have an amazing lifestyle that goes along with it, and that is really what drives the interest. Um, Similar to some other, um, you know, top sports like Formula One or the Kentucky Derby, it's not only about what's on the field, but it's about what's happening around it with the community and um, that lifestyle. So we really pride ourselves on uh, showcasing that, and that's why we did the 30-minute made-for-television show called World of Polo that really showcases uh, the inside stories of what the polo lifestyle is really about. And for audiences around the country, this is obviously an international sport. It also has one of its, if not the biggest, regional home in Palm Beach, Palm Beach County, Wellington, that broad area. Sunday, February 27, begins the broadcast schedule. It's around the gauntlet of polo, the C.V. Whitney Cup, followed by the USPA Gold Cup, and then the U.S. Open Polo Championship, which is the most prestigious polo tournament in North America. It's a great opportunity to showcase polo, but also the economic impact of what the business means to a particular locality, right? Yeah, absolutely. We actually featured in one of our shows about the um, the equine sports business and uh, how much impact it provides to this destination here in Palm Beach County. And our supporters at Palm Beach County, the Sports Commission and the Film Commission, uh, really are, you know, they benefit from the amount of travel that's brought here from around the world to play the game, to uh, stay in hotels, to, you know, go out to restaurants. So, yes, it's a huge economic impact uh, from the time frame of about January through April. A couple more final questions about the entity, uh, and it's an incredible story as well. The U.S. Polo, SSN, and the association, the nonprofit governing body of the sport, is one of the oldest sports governing bodies, founded in 1890. And frankly, there wasn't a whole lot of sports around in 1890. There was some baseball and a little bit of football, but you know, you think of polo and people don't quite understand the historical roots of this sport. It's a big deal, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And it's one of the things that we try to focus on in our storytelling about you know the heritage and. Uh, it goes along with the brand as well. We have a lot of authenticity, a lot of heritage, and we try to showcase even the military side of polo. We have, um, you know, military games that are played in Oklahoma and California and in Florida, just really showcasing where the, the game started when it came here to the United States, which was with the military. Well, and also the more exposure you get, the more people are interested in it, and the barrier to entry, you don't need always to get a, uh, a a lot of money and a horse and all of the equipment. There are a lot of people that are playing, thanks to your philanthropic efforts as well. But on the retail side, people don't understand that the Palm Beach County headquartered entity is a multi-billion dollar global governing body, well, a footprint, and the distribution through 1,200 U.S. Polo ASSN retail stores, but here's the deal, 194 countries worldwide, fifth largest sports licensor, according to License Global Magazine's 2020 list of the top 150, and it's named alongside the NFL, the NBA, Major League Baseball, and it's hard to imagine, because of the humility and the international reach, what this company really represents. Not hard to imagine for you, you live it every day, talk a little bit about it. 
Yeah, absolutely. You know, every time we talk with a new partner, a new sponsor, a new broadcast outlet, they are blown away by the size of uh, U.S. Polo ASSN. It's been somewhat of a sleeping giant over the last, um, I'd say, five to six years. And um, with Michael Prince's leadership um, and his real skill in the apparel industry, he's really taken it with a new direction from being, you know, super relevant with cool um, partnerships, whether it be Yellowstone, Sports Illustrated, um, other global brands like ESPN and um, some of the other things that we're doing. But it's, it's a great opportunity to be part of a brand that is authentic and it is open and available and accessible to people. You don't have to be super rich to, to be able to access it. I just see such a great trajectory of the company and all the things that we have coming towards us. Well, Shannon certainly gives us some perspective on the business of polo and the alignment with ESPN, which is much more than a sports alliance. It is a product, it is a programming, and it is an international development alliance. Certainly win-win for all concerned. Look at the Sports Tech Minute, the NFL and its crowdsourced computer challenge. Algorithms can detect head trauma and potentially serious injuries days ahead of what they were doing before. The bottom line is the process that began in August and the NFL reported having appreciably exceeded its goals for artificial intelligence outperforming humans. Speaking on a web panel organized by league partner Amazon Web Services, NFL Senior Vice President of Health and Innovation Jennifer Langton reported that the computer vision algorithms can now do in less than two hours what human trackers needed three to four days to accomplish. She was unable to disclose the identity of the winning entry, but noted that thousands of data scientists had joined the competitions, and the recently expanded mouth guard sensor program is another input into gathering data on head impacts, clearly the NFL taking a significant initiative that benefits everybody going forward. Finally, good sports. We continue to do this, especially close to the holidays. Russia's football giants, Zenit SPB, walked out to their game with dogs from a local shelter to boost adoption chances. They drew attention to local uh, shelters involved in the Possum Project from where the dogs were brought. Good for them. NFL cornerback Jonathan Jones supports the Youth Coding Challenge, puts another 20000 in a STEM scholarship. New England Patriots uh, community uh, leader, community uh, development folks, also help identify the opportunity. And when you take a look at it, it's very important as far as STEM and coding, they go together. ESPN's relationship with Twitter, as we said, keeps growing. It's a, uh, a platform related on, on to philanthropy as well as our top deal-making issue of the week because of their significant tie-in between their ESPN personalities, Jay Billis, Mark, Mike Greenberg, and others touting Twitter as a fundraising device for the V-Fund. Really important. And then finally, the Washington Capitals joined Cameo in a new charitable initiative, the app for celebrities to send recorded videos to fans, partnering with the Capitals to let fans buy personalized messages from players. Each Washington player picked a charity as part of its Caps for Cause program, 100% of the Cameo earnings go to the player-selected beneficiary. 
Magic Johnson joined Cameo's board of directors in June, and the company raised $100 million in March from investments from Google, Amazon, and skateboarder Tony Hawk. Certainly the sky is the limit when all of those folks get involved. Well, that's our show for the week. We'd like to thank Shannon Stilson to give us some perspective on the historic agreement between Global Polo Entertainment and ESPN. I'd like to thank uh, Nick Nielsen for helping us put the show together and all of the others who played a very important role in this show. We'd like to thank you all for listening and joining and watching all of the industry trends in the future and continuing the quest to make the sports business even bigger as we get close to the new year. Sports professor Rick Harrow, speak with you soon.